You're listening to a sermon originally recorded by Schweitzer United Methodist Church in Springfield, Missouri. Check us out online at sumc.co. And if this sermon blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else. Thank you so much for listening. Now, on to the message. Good morning. I'm Pastor Jason. I'm one of the pastors here at Schweitzer. It's a joy to greet you, joy to worship with you. And Emily, I'm not sure about the rain. I mean... I know you said that in your prayer, and I'm like, I'm, I'm being thankful for the rain, I guess. Hmm. So, I don't know, maybe six, eight months ago, Pastor Jim Mason and I were talking about life. We were talking about cha- transition, talking about change. And at one point, he, he started to tell a story, and that story has kind of become something that's between us. He's, he's, he's told me the story. He says, back... Before he was ever pastor at Schweitzer, he was working in another organization, and that organization was undergoing a number of changes along the way. And so he went, he went to his boss at the time and, and was talking about the changes the organization was undergoing and talking about the impact of that. And his boss looked back at him at the time and said, Jim, today are some days where we need to be bold. In the midst of change, we need to be bold and to take some bold steps. So he came back to the place where he was at, where he was serving at the time, and he told his team, we're going to be bold. Um, we are just, this is where we're at, and we're going to be bold as we move into the future. That story has come back. We've talked about that a number of times. He and I have talked about that. And then I began to think about the sermons that we've been hearing, the sermons that have been presented to us in the past several weeks here at Schweitzer. When our worship team first sat down and we thought about this this time change between Pastor Bob and, and Pastor Spencer joining our team, we thought... Really, we just kind of reflected on the sermons and where they were going, and we thought, we don't know if there's a real pattern to what is before us. But, I don't know, last week or the week before, as I started thinking about what God has been sharing with us, where the Spirit has been speaking to us, I came back to that story of Pastor Jim, and I think if there's anything that sort of is, is bubbling up and is coming to our forefront, the thing that the Lord would have on our minds is this, this idea that we need to be bold. When Pastor Jim, before he went on, on sabbatical, he talked about the need to be bold with reorienting our time and, and our priorities in life and, and how sub, a sabbatical for him was like this new place that he had to reorient everything around. And there's a sense that we need to be bold if we're going to take charge of our calendars, take charge of our life. And then the week after that, uh, Pastor Bob and David Freeman talked and they talked about being bold in the face of fear. And then on Pentecost Sunday, we talked about how the Spirit oftentimes moves in our midst and asks us to be bold when, when we'd rather not. So we, we're called to be bold in the Spirit. Last week, Pastor Bob talked about how we're called to be bold when Jesus comes to us. When we're riding along in the boat of life and Jesus shows up and he asks us to get out of the boat, we need to be bold in those moments. Well, today what we're looking at is, is a prayer from, from Ephesians 3. And I, I just get the sense that what God is asking of us what he's putting before us as a church and as a people both in our personal life and in our corporate life together is I think there's a call that God wants us to be bold in the life of prayer to be people who are given to prayer to be people who step into the ministry of prayer as a church and as 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 persons as we go throughout our daily life that we are being invited to be bold in prayer now being bold is not necessarily something that that we are known to be about, 
to be bold in our prayers, both towards God and then towards the rest of the world that we live in. We're not necessarily known for that. A couple years ago, Barna, the Barna Research Group, did a survey of Americans on prayer. They found that 80, uh, well, 79% of Americans pray. And when they pray, they most likely pray silently, like we are silent prayers. That's not to say that necessarily that prayer isn't something that can be done in silence. And that sometimes that's just the thing that, that hits us, right? And besides, who wants to just be walking down the street praying and you're talking and other people look at you and go, do you need some help along the way? I mean, that's not necessarily what, what the image or the impression we want to make. But we oftentimes, even when we're together in a corporate setting, when we go to prayer, oftentimes we're silent. Or if we encounter somebody and they tell us the stuff that's happening in their life, we often say, I will pray for you, instead of in that moment just stopping and praying. Giving voice to prayer in the moment. So the Apostle Paul, and all of Scripture really, lots of Scripture, are the given prayers of the saints. They write them out or somebody else writes them out and they put them out there because they know that the people who they're around need the ministry of prayer that we can give to one another. And some of them knew that, well, they could look down into the future and they would know that we would need the ministry of prayer and that we could not only be recipients, but we could also be carriers of it. So in Ephesians... The Apostle Paul composes a prayer for the church at Ephesus, a church he cares a great deal about. And he, he writes a prayer and he prays a prayer over them. And I want to read this text twice today. First, because I think some of us in this room just need to hear this prayer prayed over us and know that this is a prayer that the church, that people long before you have been praying for you and for me. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that this is a prayer that's being prayed over you. That we may be recipients and, and people who live into what this prayer says. And then we're going to read it from another angle. Like how this prayer could, could speak to us and show us how to be bold in prayers ourselves. Okay? First, on the receiving end. And this, I'm going to start at verse 14. So I'm going to throw, throw you off back there running slides. Sorry about this. Paul says, when I think of all that God has done, I fall on my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And, <clears throat> and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the goodness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think 
Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. The Apostle Paul prays a prayer. And he invites, really, you and me to be recipients of that prayer. To dwell in the deep, deep love of God. It's bigger than we can think of or imagine. To pray prayers and to speak with God, to converse with God. And for God to begin to do things in you, in us, that are bigger than we can imagine today. It's a prayer that the church has been praying over us, over you. Now let's hear this prayer again. This time go back to the, to the top, Taylor, right to verse 12. And there's some things within this prayer that I think can serve as an example about how we can be bold in prayer. How we don't necessarily have to be experts or think that we're experts, or think that we are great prayers, but we can just start walking along with some of what Paul says to us, or how he prays this prayer over us, and that we can put into, into action in our own lives, and we can begin to be bold in prayer. So Paul says it like this, starting at verse 12. He says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I'm suffering for you. And so you should feel honored. But when I think of all this, I fall on my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Here are some things that Paul lays out as examples, as ways in which we can take up the task of praying boldly. One of the first things he says in verse 12 is because of Christ. We can be people who enter into a life of prayer with confidence and boldness because of Christ. That is, Paul understands that what Jesus has done is he has made a way for us to pray, for a way for us to communicate with God, to have a conversation with God, not just a one-way conversation either, not just where we give voice or we give thoughts to what's happening in our life, but where we sit with God, where we talk with God as you would talk with a friend. Paul says, because of Christ, because of what Christ has done. If you look over to this wall of windows, right now they're all covered up by those blinds. One of the projects that we're working on right now that's, that's underway is a project to put stained glass across those windows. 
if you set back and you count, you'll know that there's seven big different um, window configurations. And so we've been thinking about what, what's significant about seven within the pages of Scripture. What's significant that we would love to see pictured before us in stained glass? And Kristen Strong, one of the many artists that we have here at Schweitzer, went back into the Gospel of John and, and she began thinking about the seven I am's of Christ. And so she's been working with a stained glass artist to think about what, how could we put colors and everything and, and get those seven I am's up before us. And one of the seven I am's that she spent significant time on is the I am where Christ in, in John chapter 10 says, I am the gate or I am the door. And that gate or door, what he's really talking about, what Jesus is talking about there is that when you come to me, you find access to the Father. You find access to God. And, and so God in Christ comes into our midst and he says over and over and over again, we often go to different places. We often tr find ourselves looking how we can connect with God. And Jesus says, I am the gate. I'm the door. If you want to connect with God, you come to me. And so Kristen is, has done an interesting task, and I've seen a couple of different rend renderings, drawings of that. And so I've just had that picture before me, like when Jesus says, I'm the gate, I'm the door. And then Paul says, how is it that we can come to God in prayer? We can come with great confidence because Jesus says he's opened that door up. That door is open, and each and every one of us can come before God. We can be people of prayer. We don't have to have a special ability. We don't have to have any kinds of qualifications, but he has made the way open. And so Paul says, be bold, because Christ has opened up the doorway. And he says, you don't need to fear or have a sense of hindrance. In his own story, in the own, his own place of life where he's at at the moment when he writes this, he's imprisoned. He's like, don't be afraid or don't, be, don't let the things of life hinder you from being a person of prayer. Secondly, Paul says, um, when I pray, I take up a certain body posture. For himself in that moment, he says, I fall on my knees when I begin to pray for you. How many of you assume a, a certain kind of body posture when you pray in the act of praying? As you look throughout the pages of Scripture, you'll see that a number of people take on different body postures. In this moment, Paul says, I fall on my knees. Part of the thing for him is that he just wants to convey to his own heart, his own mind, that he is open to God. And in this act, he's conveying to God, I am open to you. And there's something I find significant that I want to speak with you about. But... Getting on your knees is not the only posture in Scripture. It's not the only way to reflect that there's something about your heart and there's something that you want to show to God and show to yourself that you desire his presence. In the Old Testament, there's a mother by the name of Hannah, and she's desiring a son. She's desiring a child. And so in the first pages of 1 Samuel, we see Hannah in the, at the tabernacle and she's standing upright and she's got her arms lifted up and she's, she's praying openly, spoken. And, and somebody, in fact, the priest Eli, thinks that she's, she's had a little bit too much to drink. 
And he's kind of taken by her. And so he, he comes up to her and he says, what is, what's going on here? And she's like, I am calling out to God with everything I have because I need for him to show up in this moment. So Paul gets on his knees. Hannah stands. When Jesus goes into the garden and he's praying to the Father about the cross, he gets down on his face. He lays prostrate. As some who are in the Psalms are known to do. Back in the fall, Pastor Bob brought our church staff into this place and he invited us to come up onto this platform. He hadn't told any of us about an upcoming change, but what he did lead us in was he led us in a time where we just laid down on this platform. And for a season, we just listened to God. That was the one thing he invited us to do is just listen to God speak to you and over you. And then he called out some things for us to talk to God about. And there's a moment in life, there are moments in life where it is perfectly good and right to just say to yourself, to everybody else, I'm really dependent on God. And to somehow pick up a kind of body posture that orients your whole spirit, your whole sense of being, saying, I am looking to God and I'm waiting for God to speak to me. Sometimes I'll do that with a cup of coffee in my hands out on a rocking chair on our front porch. Sometimes I'll do it with some of these images from the scripture. I was reminded of of our daughter, Kyria, our youngest daughter, who years ago, when she, she wanted us, it was time to pray. She would take her arms and she'd put them up high and then she'd bring them down like this. And she's, even this week, she said, you have to hold your hands just so. I'm like, bless you. But all of those acts reflect that we, from time to time, we are turning our hearts and our full attention to the voice of God. So pick up, if you want to be bold in prayer, pick up a posture of prayer. Do something in your life that says, I am going to give some space and some attention to God. Well, Paul talks about how we can come boldly. We can have a body posture that reminds us and speaks to that regard. He says, and we come before the Father He begins to describe the Father as the Father, somebody who's the creator of all that is and the supplier of everything we need. And God has love that's bigger than we can think of or imagine. I love the songs that we've sung already this morning that just speak to that sense of God of creation. I mean, everything about what we've sung has just been a a reminder of how God brought everything into, into being and he watches over it. And he watches over us too. He cares about us. He cares about the places where we're at, the things that we're, we're struggling with, the things that we're rejoicing in. God sees all of that. He cares about it. And so it's before that kind of God that we come before, that kind of God that we can be present to and is present to us. Then Paul shifts, I think it's verse 16, where he talks about how he's, 
He's praying, and he's praying this prayer. He's praying to God, who's, who's the creator over everything, and then he's praying on behalf of others. He's praying on behalf of the church, and he's praying on behalf of us, who will come after the church in Ephesus. I don't know about you in your own prayer life, but there are times and seasons in my life where I find it hard to pray about my stuff. I find it hard to bring the events of my life to God. But I often can pray for somebody else. I find it easy or at least easier to pray on behalf of someone else. I think one of the reasons why we need to be gathered and we need the Christian community around us is because we need to share with our brothers and sisters. We need to share with them the events of our life so that we can be prayers of one, for one another. So that I can pray for you and you can pray for me. Because just sometimes I struggle with praying about my own stuff. But I find it incredible in the midst of Christian community when I hear other people pray out loud and they can pray bolder about stuff in my own life than I can. And they can pray with faith where there are moments where I may, have, I may not have faith at the present moment. Where they pray with words that I just wouldn't use, and I don't know what God is up to, but they pray. And it's like in that moment, God begins to speak, and, and I can hear, and I can listen. So we need to pray on behalf of others, and we need to pray with others and for others. Then Paul talks about how when we're in, an, in prayer and we're praying boldly, Sometimes we may pray with boldness, but then he says there are things that God can do that are bigger and bolder than we can think of or imagine. And we need to be open to those, those big things that God would have before us. We need to begin asking God to do something that's beyond our own capacity, beyond our own strength, beyond our own power. And frankly, friends, you and I both know that there are moments in life when there's far more stuff that we face than there is of us. Where we come to the ends of our ropes and there's just nothing more. And we just have to say, Lord, in these moments. But not just in those moments, but we need to begin to ask God for things that are, that are really good. And then Paul says, he wraps it up there at the end. As he moves through this prayer of, like, of God's goodness, of how big God's love is, of how we can be recipients of God's love and we can live in that love, he just breaks forth in like the biggest exaltation of praise that he can find. He, he tries to get all of the words about praising God and about how big God is and he just packs them all together as if he's just creating this massive flourish of praise to God. Because that's what bold prayer looks like, like we rejoice in God's goodness and his work towards us. Well, what do we do with this prayer that Paul gives? And what do we do with this example that he gives to us and how we can be bold in praying? For all of us, I think there are places where we can move from where we're at in prayer to a new picture, to a new, we can take a, another step in our own personal prayer lives. Some of us, we may pray 
seldom. And maybe there's a challenge to become people who will pray on a daily basis, who will set some time aside every day, whether it's in the morning or at night, where we look to God. Maybe some of us, our prayers are rather haphazard, and there's nothing that we have really settled on. There's no season of life in which we're praying for. And maybe the Lord wants to bring us something that, that he really wants us to carry at the present moment. Something to be praying for routinely. Maybe the Lord wants us to take another step in prayer. Maybe he wants us to begin to pray out loud. To pray with our voices. Or maybe it's, every time we think about prayer, it's always about what we're bringing to the table. And maybe he wants us to come to a place where we sit in his presence and wait for God to speak and move out of his speaking. I don't know where you're at, but God does. And he knows that there's always another step that you can take in your life of prayer. But how do we take a step forward corporately? Oftentimes, I think as a corporate body, we rely upon the prayers of somebody else to be our prayer, right? We listen to other people pray. And sometimes we're very hesitant to give voice in the midst of others to a prayer that God might be asking us to pray. K.J. Rolke, when we were talking about prayers, he said, We'll come to a time, he was, he was, he was thinking about leading a, a, a number of teenagers. He said, we'll come to a moment where I'm with a bunch of teenagers where it's time to pray. And a bunch of teenagers, they'll just come back and they'll say, I'm bad at praying. I really don't know what to say. And KJ said, how do, you, how do you know if you're bad at praying? I mean, praying out loud, praying in the presence of others is just something that you give yourself to. Just try it. Just jump in. So this morning, we're going to make an invitation to you, to us, to jump into praying and to exercise your prayer muscle, to pray out loud in this place with others around you. A couple years ago, I, well, actually several years ago now, I was privileged to go to Korea and visit a number of churches in Korea. And I visited this church, a Yoido Full Gospel Church, one of the largest churches in the world at the time. It looks like a hockey arena on the outside, and it feels like one on the inside. But there are moments in their service where everybody prays out loud with passion. And it's kind of the expected norm. And up on the pulpit or the podium, there's a bell. And you'll see this little shiny thing beside the, the pastor there. The bell and and so when they're all praying, and everybody's praying, I think generally maybe a guided prayer, something that the pastor's called for, and then when the bell rings, suddenly there's quiet in the auditorium, and then, and then the pastor may lead on to another kind of prayer. And it, I was just, I was impressed. Like passion, how do you develop that sense of passion? They've been developing it for a long time. Because they're open to praying boldly with one another, for one another. And then that leads to a very active prayer life in the rest of their, in the rest of their world. So this morning, 
we're gonna have a season where we pray together. We're gonna practice praying. And I'm gonna call some things out over the next few minutes. And if the Lord just invites you to pray, pray. Pray out loud. Um, In the back of your pews, there's some pieces of paper. Maybe you are somebody that likes to write prayers. Maybe you'd like to take out some paper and begin to compose some prayer. This morning, one of the things we'd like to pray about is Pastor Spencer and Abby and their move and their transition here. Maybe you'd like to write a prayer for them, or maybe you'd like to say something for them. But I'm going to call some things out. And band, I don't know if you guys are ready to do this, but could you guys come, come back up? And could you just like give us a little undertone, not something really loud, especially you, Stephanie, on the keyboard. Yeah. No, I know, that's good, but can you just like give us a little something on the keys and just like give us just not something too loud? Because we just want to step into a season of prayer. And I'll call some things out for us to pray with. Paul begins by saying, I'm confident because I come before Christ. This morning, we come before the Father through Christ. And the Father's good. And the Father is, well, enter in, enter into praying.